I'm Stephanie Cox, and this is Mobile Matters. Today, I'm joined by Patrick Flanagan at Simon Property Group. Patrick is the SVP of Digital Marketing Strategy and Omnichannel at Simon. He has more than 20 years of digital marketing and technology experience. In this episode, Patrick and I talk a lot about the importance of a mobile-first mindset, how SMS is an overlooked communication channel, and why marketers in general just need to start doing a better job. And make sure you stick around until the very end where I'll give my recap and top takeaways so that you can not only think differently about mobile, but implement it effectively. I'd love to get started and really just find out when you think about your overall mobile strategy at Simon, what really is encompassing that? Simon, as the retail real estate leader across the globe, we think of it really wide, right? Because we have shopping centers across nearly uh, every single geography in both the states and uh, globally, as well as, you know, every single kind of different type of shopping uh, environment, whether that's a regional mall, probably what you kind of most traditionally view the company as, or whether it's an outlet center, you know, so we use the operate those another brand, Simon Premium Outlets, or whether it's a hybrid concept that's around the country called Simon Mills, which really combines a regional mall full price items, as well as the off price or discounted uh, items that the premium outlets makes up. So it's kind of a, the best of both worlds. So having such a, a wide set of geographies, a wide set of property types, and then, of course, the corresponding wide variety of brands and stores that fill up those malls, as well as the extremely diverse set of users that – shoppers, I should say – who visit our properties, uh, mobile is a wide-angle topic, right? So at the most simplistic level, mobile falls into a few – buckets or channels. We try not to think too much in this way, but at least for some some level of of simplicity, I'll start there. First and biggest uh, and most impactful is mobile web. It's a a vast majority of any type of mobile interaction that we have um, often comes through one of a whole wide variety of websites we run on a mobile device. Those are, you know, fully um, responsive, rich HTML5-based uh, experiences. Secondly, that's a, a number of native mobile apps, both for iOS and Android in both smartphone and tablet sizes. Um, some of our even more deeper relationships with some of the shoppers, they've chosen to connect with us utilizing uh, the native app method. Another area of mobile uh, connectivity we have with our shoppers is our SMS and MS program. So this is our mobile texting um you know, campaigns that shoppers entrust us with their mobile phone numbers. And as a result, we send them up to five uh, messages per month that contain all sorts of information around new store openings, uh, fashion uh, news, insider uh, tips and insights around their favorite shopping centers. Additionally, mobile also is now taking the form of kind of over-the-top messaging. And for us, that for the most part, uh, it falls into Facebook Messenger. So we run concurrently over 220 Facebook Messenger chatbots. So this is a mix of both um, full automated you know, AI bot running all the time. And that's augmented in a, at really any point in time by the human touch. We have some phenomenal in-center marketing teams that can instantly jump in and seamlessly add and you know direct the conversation if the bot gets stuck or the bot doesn't know the answer that that particular shop is looking for. So that's kind of another area. Wi-Fi and kind of in-center connectivity 
So we run uh, nearly at every one of our shopping centers, uh, really rich, vibrant in-property Wi-Fi networks. And it's more than just connectivity. We're able to give them better access to you know, some of the, the offers and deals and certainly able to give them um, a guaranteed high level and quality of connection while they're in our center. Um, because sometimes, right, your, your, your cellular coverage, whether you have a data plan you're worried about or you're sharing minutes or, or data with you know, a family plan, or frankly, maybe you're an international tourist and you don't have any roaming cell plan whatsoever. There's a whole bunch of scenarios still that Wi-Fi has a lot of value for sets of shoppers. So at a very broad brush stroke, that's the top line of mobile. But mobile, of course, intersects everything we do, right? Whether it's how we think of our social content, you know, for social media, it's first and foremost mobile first created content because we know most of it's going to be consumed within the Facebook mobile apps, right? Same thing for uh, on down the list, you know, of Twitter, you know, for mobile, it's also the same thing for location services and directories. Mobile is a lot more than just, you know, hey, we have a mobile app. It's making sure our content ends up in other people's mobile apps. And that could be the Apple Maps app, right? So that indoor maps are fully enriched and accurate uh, and offer real-time navigation guidance. It could be when you pull up and whether it's an app powered by Foursquare uh, in the background, right? So to make sure that the location um, information where you may be pinning uh, something in Pinterest or, or p- adding a location to your tweet or, you know, swiping right in Tinder, if you're using the location filter, all of those are driven by Foursquare and making sure, for example, like our Foursquare location, because all of those are mobile interactions that oftentimes, you know, since our business is really driven by the physical world first and foremost, right? How you'd be able to find and know where a mall is and it, where, how to easily get there, how to, and some of the basic information of, you know, hours, phone and directions. Um, mobile plays a, a big role there. So it's, it's as broad as, as you could dream it really has, has mobile has intersected nearly every aspect of a consumer's life. But around the main ones, it's mobile web, mobile app, texting, messaging, and Wi-Fi. But again, has huge extensibility uh, across really everything we do. Well, and I think that's such an interesting point. A lot of times when I talk to marketers, they think of you know, mobile really as right web and apps and messaging. And they don't think about it. it's really everything that's consumed on a mobile device, like you were mentioning all these other areas that intersects. So I know you mentioned mobile first as how you think about your social content. At what point did you guys switch to like a mobile first mentality across everything that you do? And was that hard to do? It was hard to do. It was about two years ago when we reached uh, on web traffic, the proverbial 50-50 tipping point where at that moment in time, we were now having more mobile device users consistently make up the majority of page visits, views, you know, whatever uh, submetric you want to throw at. And it, it, it is. It's not even a one-talk like, hey, we're going to have a meeting. We're going to think mobile first. It's an ongoing grind um, to rewire your team's brain, your your enterprise's uh, DNA. This is hard, right? So especially as a business user who, like I'm guessing a lot of the listeners, sit in front of a laptop or a desktop machine, right? So a lot of our daily lives are first and foremost driven from a desktop type uh, experience, right? When I'm doing work, you know, at my desk and office, I'm on a, a desktop browser experience. 
So a lot of times it's so easy to, when someone sends you a link, say, hey, we want your feedback on this to, to literally to not look at it first. Uh, and it's so it's so easy just to click the link in your email client and it opens up on my huge 26-inch monitor here to go, you know what? Not going to click it there. I'm going to pull up my phone. I'm going to go multi-device here for a few seconds. I'm going to look at it first and foremost on my device. You're right. Or I'm going to shrink my, my browser down if I find it for some reason. You know, I want to look at some different screen sizes and look at breakpoints. I'm going to pull up my tablet from my backpack. It doesn't come out a whole lot, but I literally keep it there to make sure I'm looking at it. I have that kind of uh, easy access to it because it's so all too easy for us to fall in the trap of send me a quick mock-up. Well, it's easiest probably for the designer who worked in the last 10 years of their life prior to this thing trying to rewire themselves to think well first that they might have knocked out their first incarnation of the idea as a desktop mock-up, right? And it might be so easy for the executive reviewing it to just quickly review it on the computer that they got the link on, which most of the time is a desktop computer. So it's hard. It's constant. There's no easy answers to it. It's just being relentless about, you know, setting some basic rules. Like for our design team, for example, do not send a mock-up unless it has at least two breakpoints for a full mobile and a full desktop, right? I don't want to if you haven't thought through both, that means you it's not done. It's not ready to review. No, they definitely do. When you were talking about, you know, if you if it's not ready for desktop and mobile, don't send it. That's so important because I feel like it's like the last, you know, 15 years, we've really focused on, let's do desktop first, you approve desktop, and then I'll do mobile. And now we really need to think about both of them together versus desktop, then mobile. Their designers have really leaned into it and have done some amazing work by doing it simultaneously, by really thinking through, we use five breakpoints, right? So we have a, a high degree of, of responsiveness and we're already thinking maybe there's even more actually to add, uh, even some of some newer device standards. And, and by doing it in the heart of the creative process, the results are, have, have been so much better. It's not like, Oh, just hide the button. It's it's mobile. We ran out of room. It's no. You can't just hide content or take away features just because you ran out of screen real estate. You didn't know what to do with it. That's an early problem that we need to just chew on more, right? That that's the the art and science of of being mobile first. It, it is harder, right? No, that's a really good point. So when you think about mobile and all the different things that you've mentioned that you're thinking about and focusing on, how do you measure effectiveness? Like, how do you know what's working and what's not working, especially as mobile changes so much and consumer behavior is constantly changing? Well, here's the, the crappiest answer today. The big classic, it depends. So each channel has inherently its own metrics. A few universals, I guess, to try to be a little more generic. So engagement is, is is one of the top ones. Whatever it is, do people read it or click it or, or like it or share it? Like whatever the interaction you're trying to get, do they engage with it? Um, time, right? Do they take two seconds on it and, and bail? Or do they you know take a, a reasonable amount of time and, and truly work through the whole experience? You know, read through it, fill the form out, you know, you know do the potentially multiple steps. Um, so kind of time spent within, and then you know, the highest compliment is someone comes back, right? They they liked it enough to do it again, or had enough value, even if they didn't like it, it, it still had value to them that they they return. So what's your repeat or return um, business? So at a very high generic level, that's it. But there's so many nuances for the app world. We were we were talking before, uh, if you recall, you know, around you know app downloads, right? Is one way of of for a top line measure. But how about your you know active monthly users how many people have come a still have the app installed know where it is on their phone so it's what folder mates buried in 
cared enough to a keep it there, know where it is, and uh, bothered to open it up and actually use it. Right? You'll of course probably guess and see, and if you're tracking the number, that there's a big drop off. You may have had hundreds of downloads, thousands or millions, but you quickly see that many have deleted the app, put it into folder hell to never come out of folder hell. It's been like it'll just suffer its rest of its life in purgatory of never being used, but never being uninstalled. Or if it is in there, how often does it actually, you know, um, break through? I mean, again, if you're trying to measure effectiveness, you know, it's something as basic as people care enough to use it, use it again, you know, use it for a bit of time as a pretty good start, but then you get really sophisticated feature usage and content consumption, resharing, you know, attribution. We do all of that and a whole bunch more, but oftentimes at least to give us some litmus test of, is it working? Uh, or some of those top line ones of, yeah, good chunk of people came by, they spent a decent amount of time and we're seeing uh, a modest, but you know, thriving population people to uh, use it again and again and again. There's something there. Let's keep working at it. Right. And then we start to dig into, you know, where we're either seeing abandonment, where you're you're not seeing engagement uh, that you'd like. So I know you mentioned you're doing SMS and MMS. So talk to me a little bit about the program you have there and what you're seeing with it. Text is amazing. It's super overlooked. It's like the perceived as old and boring. And yeah, it's it's an it's a traditional mature technology, no doubt. But here's the magic thing, right? Think of all the digital stuff on your phone all the magic things it can do. And I would put forth that regardless of how many emails are in your inbox and how that little circle says you have 36 unread emails. And I'd say all the push notifications that all the different apps you've permission to send you push and the little you know notification trays, you're just probably piling up all day long. That thing without doubt that goes to the front of the line, gets your attention, gets an immediate read, if not response, is a text or, or through your messaging app. The best way to cut the clutter with a very um, challenging uh, environment of attention deficit that we have as as marketers. So with that simple, I believe, super profound uh, learning that text has the highest read rate, the fastest read rate, the highest deliverability rate. Unlike email, there's no spam filters. There's no being put in the promotion folder. There's no um, being marked for email fraud because your DMARCR DKIM or SPF record was a little wonky in the in the email you know marked you. There's no turning on or images, all of the crap with email. Which don't get me wrong, email is a huge powerhouse, but text it's immediately delivered. It's almost immediately read, and if there's a click it, it, action, you know, embedded in it. Uh, assuming the consumer wants to actually take action, it's it's immediate, right? There's no, and carriers, to their credit, do a phenomenal job of uh, making sure messages are delivered, right? How many texts have you not ever had disappear, right? Not get delivered because, oh, was in someone's spam? Like, no, it doesn't happen. Uh, carriers are really good about, you know, if you send a message, um, have you have the permission to send a message to a mobile phone number, it gets delivered. You know, uh, even you turn your phone off, go four time zones away, fly through a play. And guess what? When you when you, you land, you flip your phone on like everyone, like your, here's your six text messages, right? You can do it across the world. You know, go multiple countries, different carrier roaming zones. Messages still go through. It's remarkably good. Um, so we love text for our ability to have direct connectivity. And the second reason why we love text is um, it's two way. There's some good mobile marketing programs, you know, I'd, I'd say uh, if you haven't, Chipotle and Redbox are two that I get a lot of personal value out. You get free coupons through the Redbox and you get an occasional burrito discount or, or coupon uh, at Chipotle. 
it's two way, but most marketers think of it as one way. I want to send you know coupons and videos and sweepstakes and stuff. That's fine, but for us, it's a two way dialogue as well, where you can put you know little keywords all across, whether it's your online advertising, whether it's a billboard, whether it's a sign in your physical um, venue. For us, that's a mall, and it's literally for us, for example, it's hey, text mall thirty three to seven four six 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 which happens to spell Simon, that's our official short code, you're going to get instantly texted back uh, a link to an interactive 3D mall map. So as you're looking at the physical printed directory, right, and you, you maybe you found the store or stores of interest that you would like to you know visit while uh, on our property for the day, you may not be familiar with it. You know, okay, the first one's on the second floor. Maybe it's up by the gap. Okay, the second, third one's over to buy Aeropostal. Uh, the fourth one, this gets hard, right? So you can take this interactive piece of content with you. I mean, we literally see people right, taking pictures of signs because they want to be able to reference back to it as a, as a guide. Well, this is you know a classic example of you can, you can retrieve information by texting in. So we have all sorts of fun ways of getting deals or, or events or maps. We have fun at holiday doing you know jokes and trivia when our, our Santa – photo experience line gets rather long on some of the peak Saturdays but while you're standing there in line, you know, classically, you know, just looking for something to do. Well, we have, you know, can make your holiday a little bit better by, you know, texting in to play um, interactive trivia via text. So it has so many interesting applications. If you kind of just get beyond, Oh, it's boring text. Yeah. You, you have to be thoughtful with your character counts. Yes, it is black and white. You know, there's no rich media element to it, but you know what? Other than maybe your driver's license number or your social security number, you think about the the trust that a shopper gives you the mobile phone number and says, yeah, I want you to text me, right? I mean, it, it, it's, a, it's a very high degree of connection. Uh, it's an immediate form of connection. So it's when we take very, very seriously our, very, our highest degree of content filtering and appropriateness and, and quality is on text, right? Because we don't want to mess that relationship up. Our teams work so hard to gain it. It's not just a banner ad. It's not just a paid search. You know, it's you're interrupting someone's dinner potentially, right? And they're going to read it. Unlike all the other crap, you could send an email, you know, you get spam all day long by brands that you sign up for once upon a time. You don't look at those during dinner. The text comes through. Wow. You're, you at least look at it and dismiss it. So it has a higher bar um, to do well and to keep growing and, and engaging that audience. But super, super bullish on text. It's kind of the, the uh, long forgotten tool because it, it creates some openness for those who are willing to listen and, and and pay attention, honestly, that there's still it, not every marketer has a program going. Uh, unlike, you know, what marketer doesn't have an email program going, right? You know, your inbox is, as a result, is a cluttered wreck of carnage. It's really hard to get, you know, reads and interactions in, in your inbox this day because as much as I love Macy's, I don't really want to hear from you four times a day some days. Like, that's ridiculous. I know what you mean. I was just talking to someone about that earlier this week. I'm like, William Sonoma, I love you, but I just bought something for from you yesterday. I don't even have it. Why are you sending me coupons? Twice, twice today. Twice, yeah. Let the dust settle. How about you send me a product, recipes or something? I could use it maybe a week or two into it, maybe a survey or some kind of you know, ask for a, re- a review of the product in a month when I had a chance to form a thought. But that's two interactions in, in over four weeks. That's not two interactions within one day and the product isn't even at my door yet. And there's a great news article today that Google location-based push alerts are being shuttered by the first part of December. So just, you know, what, a month and a half away. And the main reason, 
marketers, 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 marketers. We, uh, we were given this amazingly powerful tool, right, with, with beacons uh, and you know, the trigger location uh, or where push notifications with, uh, within the Google ecosystem. And what did we do as a collective uh, unit? We burnt the bloody hell out of it. And there was such venomous anger from the Android user community taking to forums, taking to any way they could, saying, you're just spamming us. This is garbage, right? The sensitivity uh, wasn't there to what was actually happening. Uh, and Google, you know, it was like, it's great tech. Tech worked. Our users have clearly voted. Marketers are not sending things of value. We're shuttering the whole thing because essentially the marketers of the world couldn't be trusted to use it appropriately. Um, so it's a it's a great learning tale uh, across all channels, but I'd certainly put forth, you know, text is very similar, if not even closer to that same nerve. So do it, but do it well, do it sparingly, do it with the right uh, content and, and, you know, filtering on it. It's not just another push notification, you know, or it's not just another email. And that's one of the things I think the whole process for getting a short code, I know it's really difficult and frustrating sometimes to do that. And especially if you are global and you have to do it in multiple countries. It can be. But yeah. part of it, right, is that almost layer of protection that prevents marketers to some extent from making poor decisions like we have with email. And I think what's also really fascinating about it too is when you think about the value of someone's mobile number if i as a customer give you my mobile number the trust i have in your brand is so much higher than if i give you an email address because i have like four personal email addresses right i mean everyone does that and some of them i just use to get coupons too not that i'm saying you should but i may or may not do that and i think it's just important for us to value them differently so I know you're definitely bullish on SMS. How do you think with iOS 12 and some of the changes they're making to push, allowing you know notifications to be unsubscribed, you know from that home screen, allowing you to kind of turn off the times at which you get them? I mean, do you think that's going to have marketers rethinking their communication strategies and maybe going back to things like SMS? I don't know if it'll cause a channel shift. I think it will force some much needed adult heart-to-heart conversations and, and thinking, putting themselves in the shopper's first mindset of how many times are we, you know, pushing them? Do we have time limits set on our push notifications? Like a lot of the modern tools, both for SMS and for push, allow blackout periods, right? That are localized by the user's time zone. Like if you're not using that stuff already today, shame on you, right? And, and it's great that Apple's stepping in to kind of protect Again, they, they think of it as first and most, you're their user. Before any app or any other service, you're first and foremost an Apple iOS user, and they're out to protect you from bad marketers, essentially, and they're in their and they're crappy marketing tactics. So I'm excited for, I think we're only going to see more of it than less, right? And they'll see more controls and more of these filters and more more empowerment for the shopper for all versions of their data and connectivity and messaging. We learned, you know, years ago, we used to do a bunch of geo-based push notifications. So the second you got anywhere close to a shopping center of ours, if you had our native app and, of course, permissioned uh, push notifications and use of location, we would do geo-based push notifications. And we quickly realized that shoppers hated it. And as much as we loved it as marker that, oh, it reminds them that they have that app in their pocket and reminds us them to go, you know, Look for the deals. If you try to elongate their stay for all the things we wanted, they're annoyed. 
They just pull in the parking lot. They're still messing, finding a parking space, trying to find the bags from the backseat, the receipt for the return maybe. They're pulling their phone out of like the charging you know, dock. You know, maybe they, they hold it dear in the phone. There's just like a lot going on. Next thing you know is we're barking at them about how they can save money and time. And you're like, oh, you know. So I think smart marketers have listened. They didn't wait till Apple, you know, forcing the hand. They long ago learned that relevance and timeliness and frequency and these good basic principles matter. They've built sophisticated business rules and journeys and paths and drips and trades, all these different things to make sure that they are um, really smart about what and when they say it. So when you think about everything that kind of touches mobile, what is the one area that you think marketers are not paying enough attention to? There's a number of these newer kind of enriched messaging opportunities that are, you know, two way they can have bots in- injected at times, full time, no, none of the time they can have proximity. Some of them have it and have rich media. So video and cards and carousels, you can do really wonderful UI presentations of complex information. I think there's a ton of opportunities still and still early days, but I think text will end up moving to these. Uh, and I think increasingly the behavior of I'd rather not talk to a human is as sad as that is, but I'm, I fall prey to it. And I know many folks who, who right, they'd rather, you know, click a link. They'd rather message. They'd rather make the reservation, you know, by using open table than just calling the restaurant like in the old days. Right. You know, they'd rather, um, buy the tickets, you know, on Ticketmaster.com versus calling the live agent. We all this manifests so 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 many ways. Um, asking for help in a store or retail or any kind of other physical environment. So instead of waiting in line to talk to the guest services or the concierge or whatever that that version is, or to help with your return or going on the website to do call the call center, you probably may be using the chat function on the website. All right, the little chat window that popped up that can potentially do some really amazing functionality. Um, you're opening a messaging app and you're rerouting your box from your home to your office for delivery, or you're popping open Facebook Messenger and you are, you know, managing the whole return and exchange process through that channel versus having to do it via an email string, maybe you know a more traditional way of kind of going back and forth with a customer uh, service agent. So I think messaging is going to be a much bigger, more integrated part. The app world will continue to a road and the quickness, the simplicity, the lightweight and the module ability of uh, progressive web apps will certainly be another big, huge trend. We're going to see um, voice, you know, if you're, if you're making predictions right on mobile, will only take more and more of the searches, more and more of the transcription load, more and more of just interactions in general. I, you know, Alexa right now, the frame of the device is often right, a very home-based device, right? So she's not very mobile at all. I think we will be talking once we get trained to talk to that big, uh, you know, gray stick in our kitchen who mainly plays music today and news. Um, that's just the beachhead. We're going to be talking to our devices for everything. So I think voice will be critical uh, in all things mobile interaction wise uh, to come as well. What a great conversation with Patrick. I could talk to him for hours about mobile. He brought up some really great points about how hard it is for organizations to transition to a mobile-first mindset. And it really can't be solved in just one meeting. It's really an ongoing grind, which I think is such an interesting way to look at it. Now let's get to my favorite part of the show, where we'll take the education and apply it to your business. 
there are so many great insights from my conversation with Patrick that can really transform how you think about mobile marketing. Let's dive into my top three takeaways. First, SMS may feel like an antiquated messaging channel sometimes, but it's actually way underutilized by marketers. And it's probably the closest thing we have to a magic silver bullet. Think about it for a second. Do you know of any other channel where deliverability is almost 100% and 98% of messages are read within two minutes? I don't. But SMS is just one mobile messaging option. The average consumer has three messaging apps on their phone already today, and they're sending an average of three app messages per hour. That's why it's so important to think about how messaging apps like Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, Line, and others should come into play, especially since 66% of consumers want to talk to you via messaging and not in person. That's why I encourage you to rethink your overall mobile messaging strategy. You need to think about what makes the most sense for your brand. Take a look at Simon. Patrick mentioned that they're using SMS and Facebook Messenger as a way to communicate. That may not be what works best for you. You're going to want to look at your overall demographic. So think about SMS. It's a likely winner for most brands because 47% of consumers want to talk to you via SMS. And the demographics of your audience may make it make sense for the second channel to be a WhatsApp or a Snapchat if a majority of your audience already has that app on their phone today. So regardless of which messaging channels you choose, don't forget to make it two-way. Most brands just do one-way communication, and 85% of consumers want two-way via mobile. That means you can't just send out a promotional calendar of text messages about special offers, new products. You've got to think about creating these interactive conversations with your audience so they feel connected to your brand rather than just the recipient of another marketing message. One simple way I've seen companies do that is with appointment confirmations. Think about it for a second. I receive a text message about my upcoming doctor's appointment or haircut. They ask me to text back with a C to confirm or an R to reschedule. While appointment confirmation messages probably don't work for everyone's business, you should be able to use that concept and think of a way to start a two-way conversation with your customers. That could be something as simple as a one-question survey about a recent product purchase. Next, repeat after me. Mobile metrics are more than just app downloads. This is worth repeating, you guys. Mobile metrics are more than just mobile app downloads. As marketers, we sometimes are so focused on our native mobile app downloads that we tend to forget about all of the other mobile metrics we need to be paying attention to. When we're thinking about native mobile apps, we need to be thinking about repeat engagement. How many times are people coming back to my app? How long are they spending in it? These metrics are the ones that tell us whether or not your mobile app is delivering value to your customers. It's not about downloads. And don't forget, mobile is more than apps. It's any content that can be consumed on a mobile device. So you've got to pay attention to your email open rates, click-through rates, and conversion rates on mobile to see how effective your emails are at driving consumer behavior on a mobile device. I also recommend comparing these stats to what you're seeing for email on desktop. But don't stop there. Take a look at how your social content and ads perform on mobile, what's happening with your website on mobile, especially in terms of repeat engagement. All of these metrics need to be considered and play a major role in how you evaluate the effectiveness of your overall mobile strategy. Finally, let's make a promise today, all of us together, that we're gonna stop abusing new technology as marketers. We get so excited when new technology comes out that allows us to better communicate our market to our customers that we just kind of go crazy a little bit. 
Take push notifications as an example. I know I became quickly enamored with the concept of push notifications when they came out and I started my career in mobile. I remember having a detailed calendar that highlighted the promotional push notifications I was going to send, along with a customer journey that showed all the automated notifications my users would receive. And then location-based push came out and immediately marketers, myself included, started sending out all kinds of location notifications. Patrick even mentioned some of the misguided ones that they were sending out when mall shoppers pulled in the parking lot for the first time and got a location-based notification. This is why it's so important for us as marketers to make sure we're not abusing new technology and we're always providing value to our audience with every single message we send. Otherwise, we see tech leaders like Google discontinue support next month for Android nearby notifications. And at Apple, they enabled easier management to turn push notifications off in iOS 12. That's directly from the lock screen, you guys. Basically, Apple just made it easier for users to do away with push notifications. And they did that because we've made bad choices. As marketers, we've got to start thinking about what we do from our audience's perspective. Just because we might love it from a marketing perspective doesn't mean our customers will. Let's all agree to start using technology the right way and providing relevant and helpful content to our audience so the big tech players don't have to come in again and add more restrictions to what we can do. So here's my mobile marketing challenge to you for the week. The next time you're sent a digital asset to review, whether that's a landing page, email, doesn't matter. Resist the urge to open it on your desktop first. I know you're sitting in front of your desktop, but don't. Instead, grab your phone, open it on your mobile device for the first time, and experience it as a majority of your audience will see it. This small change will help you start to transition to a mobile-first mindset and start making it part of your marketing DNA. You've been listening to Mobile Matters. If you haven't yet, subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. You can also visit lumivate.com slash blog to get more access to thought leaders, best practices, and all things mobile. 